It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you from, again, not COG Studios. Uh, we're once again back in the home studio, uh, or at least I am. Kevin, as normal, is always in his home studio. Uh, Kevin, the Panda Baxter, also with us. So uh, we're, again, in a sort of modified, shorter format. We understand that that's sort of how this is going to continue, at least for the foreseeable future. But we're glad that we could at least get back to a, what we're going to call a semi-normal schedule here and record on a Monday night as we normally do. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, can we move this along? I've got places to go. i got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you have places to go and things to do. You, we were talking about it when this first went off. You said there's there's nothing on my calendar. Literally nothing is yeah, on my calendar, and how open, weird that I is. Would, yeah, I'm 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 going to go to LA Fitness, but I can't get in. And then I was going to go out and have dinner, but I can't get to into a restaurant. And so then I thought maybe I'd go see a movie, but the theaters are closed. So here I am. Yep, that's right. No sporting hey, events. Yeah. You know, speaking of 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 downtime, you know, I haven't been on this show in two weeks. I noticed the last time you had me on. That show was followed by uh, a listener writing in saying that my my comedy, my humor is so underrated and that it's effort, effortlessly funny. And then all of a sudden, I'm not on the show anymore. And, and I just really – I didn't know you were that intimidated by my by my humor and my popularity now. And, and I, it doesn't reflect well on you. I, I, just, I just want to say that. You, you've seen our other reviews, right? The ones that call me thin-skinned. This should have been your, your exact uh, – understand. you should have known this at the very beginning. That's how it should have been. Well, um, that's why I'm here. My effortlessly funny comedy tour has been canceled because of the coronavirus. <laughs> but that'll be – Hopefully it'll be back this summer. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one for sure. Um, let's get uh, uh, started a little bit here on you know just basically LA Galaxy news. Obviously we recorded on Saturday. There's nothing major that's come out. No major press releases. No uh, extension of the training moratorium in the in the couple of days that we've already said it. And, and again, I'm just going to continue to point to that moratorium and the training moratorium as when that gets lifted, that's when things are going to start getting better. Um, because that sort of at least in my mind, Kevin indicates that things are going to start moving towards a leak but as of right now the league's still targeting may 10th uh that's overly ambitious and optimistic we all agree on that um but that's where uh, everything is sort of looking right now hopefully that's the case um i'll keep my fingers crossed that that is absolutely 100 percent the case we'll see if that indeed happens and that everything can get back on track but before we can even get to that uh there's a lot of other things that sort of need to happen and we need to talk about so um you know one of the things kevin that i've talked a whole bunch about and that you know i mention it at least. And it's not something that we've really sort of delved into, or it's not something that we've really you know pulled apart yet, is the fact that we, we've told you that players and basically personnel, everybody's sort of in this, they have to reside in the home market area, um, which is an interesting thing to sort of say, which basically means if you're an LA Galaxy player, uh, it means you can't, if you're, you know, if you're Jonathan Dos Santos and you want to go to Mexico, you can't go to Mexico. You're supposed to stay in your home in the LA area. Um, basically, but that seems to be the case, uh, obviously across the league, not just for uh, players, but for everybody. Yeah, um, it, uh, team staff. I mean, the players are are um, under the auspices of MLS. They're they're the league is the one that pays for their salaries and and pays for everything for them. So they need to pay attention to what MLS says. The other employees, like coaches and and trainers and those things, those are hired by the team. 
but the team also takes its direction from what MLS is doing, you know, trying to keep everybody on the same page. And so basically what happened is everybody needs to stay in their home market. Now, this is different from what other leagues have done. Baseball, for example, they told their players at the end of spring training they had three options. They could stay in the spring training market. They could go to the home market in the case of the Dodgers and Angels. That would be Southern California. Or they could go home home. Like uh, they could go back to Japan or Dominican Republic. The problem with that, what MLS sees is they're afraid of players going home and not being able to get back to the United States, either because of travel restrictions. And you've seen that, you know, the the border with Canada is closed, for example. The border with Mexico is closed. They're afraid of some of those uh, uh, people going home and not being able to get back. They're also a little worried about the visa issue, whether, uh, you know, the the Trump administration changes some of the rules to, uh, you know, require people to go through certain other hoops to get back in. MLS has decided that it's much better to keep the players here a lot of other players don't like it. And I was talking to Sasha Clifton on Sunday, and he talked about, he didn't mention any names, but he talked about some of the the players who uh, don't have family here. Right. Um, and so I would assume that probably uh, the foreign players are, are high on that list that are just kind of sitting home alone and, and really with no one to talk to and, and no one to share this with because their families are in another country. Um, and, you know, in the case of many of them, aren't having the same sort of issues with coronavirus we are. So these, these players have nothing to do, nowhere to go, no one to talk to. And uh, mentally, they're having a much bigger problem than they are physically. Yeah, which is, uh, which is, uh, you know, another thing that's just, it's the unintended, uh, unintended consequences of all of this. Um, you know, we, we were sort of joking around on Saturday seeing the, the players on social media and it's basically, you know, these guys working out and we're, we're seeing little glimpses here and there. But what you're seeing is, you know, these guys working out basically by themselves. Um, and that's, that's their whole life right now is trying to stay sort of, you know, active and doing these things. But, um, you know, it, it seems like it affects everybody in terms of, you know, not just players but you know it's team personnel as well i was lucky uh, I, I sort of got a hold of the la galaxy finally this week um at least was able to to finally get some text messages answers and i they were busy i was not upset this was not a big thing um but we were trying to basically figure out some things going down the line you know of, of what we could do and so one of those things was hey you know can we talk to players and eventually it was like yeah we're going to be able to get that done because really they're not doing anything else <laughs> we should be able to find a time you know to have them come on the podcast or we could talk to them and write articles about them and, and do that type of thing. Um, and now that everything's a little bit more in a rhythm, Kevin, and, and that's really what this was all about. It was about adjusting to this new sort of normal and understanding what it was. Now that everything's sort of there, it seems like we can set ourselves up for that. But, um, you know, this was a whole adjustment from everybody from the front office all the way down to, you know, the trainers and, and the players and seeing them go through all of this. And certainly I think social media has helped a little bit. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it is still a, you know, I'm, I'm stuck here with my wife and, and my son and my dog i mean that's that's the the totality of my umbrella right now despite the fact that my mom lives seven minutes away and my sister lives about 12 minutes away we're talking we're texting but we're not hanging out like we normally would do so all this stuff is a is a real adjustment in terms of how we've sort of created our bubbles and hopefully all of our listeners are also having to make this adjustment um you know and sort of staying safe and the and the and and, and being you know cautious about um where they go and and sort of how they do it we should be at home and, and then sort of taking it easy. But the players, I mean, for, if you talk about somebody who's not here uh, or Kevin, who's who's here uh, visiting from another country, um, you know, and, and is working for the LA Galaxy and was like, hey, yeah, we're going to we're going to figure this all out in L.A. But you, maybe their family didn't go and now they're separated from that's that's tough. That's real tough. 
Yeah, especially if you don't have the language skills. Now, luckily, players in the Southern California market, I'm thinking of Christian Pavone, for one, who doesn't have really good English language skills, he'll be fine here. But, I mean, you, you can think of players in other, in other markets where there's not, not a lot of Spanish spoken. They're going to have problems. Or, or French-speaking players in the U.S., they're going to have problems. I mean, in a sense, I, I suppose they can watch TV on, on the computer and stuff, but, you know, they, they, they really can't they need help to sort of get through the day and they don't have some of those distractions that we might have on television, radio and things like that. Um, and, and you're right about the other part. Uh, in I've talked to Sasha and a couple of other players, actually, they talk about how their families, you know, their extended families are nearby, but they can't really visit with them. Um, and uh, what they've been doing, the players that I talked to said, they have gym equipment in their garage and they've been doing uh, some circuit training. Everybody got an individualized workout from, Valdecantos from the performance coach for the Galaxy, Javier Valdecantos. So they know what they're supposed to do. They've been getting uh, some nutritional advice as well. well. They know what they're supposed to do, and they're trying to do that. And some of the players are either on exercise bikes, stationary bikes, or they're out running you know, through the streets. You can still do that, running through the neighborhoods, trying to stay fit. And what players tell me is their fitness, they don't have any problem with that. But there's really no kind of ball work they can do. Uh, one idea was just go find a wall and kick against the wall. That really doesn't do much for you. Sasha talked about at the point, you know, some point he'd like to get one or two teammates who, are, you know, don't have the disease or have been cleared or whatever it is, go out to a park. You know, they'll be more than six feet apart and just sort of have a kick around anything to get some ball work in. He said he hasn't done any ball work uh, since this thing started. And it's also going to be interesting. The players I talked to said if the season started now, like when the next week, they think everybody would probably still be game fit or at least close. They might not be, you know, as sharp as they were when the the break started, but they would be okay. The longer this goes on, the more it's going to require a a second preseason. Players are going to have to go through training again. The players I talked to said, you know, that we work so hard in the off season and we work so hard in the preseason. We don't want to lose that. We don't want to have to start again. But the longer this goes on the more that's going to be required. And it, it it will be interesting too, I think, to see which players come back fit and which play, and there will be players. I mean, it, this is nothing about dedication. This is about boredom and trying to manage your time. There are going to be players that are going to come back 10 or 15 pounds overweight. They're going to be a little bit out of shape because let's face it, you can work out for two or three hours a day, but then the rest of the time you're sitting around eating and watching TV. And yep. uh, there are going to be players that are going to come back and need a second preseason. I was going to say there's going to be reporters who need a second preseason after this as well. I feel like all I do is sit around and wait for my next meal most of the time, uh, which is not, not the air. Not the way it was. I listen. I had already put on the baby weight basically. Whenever, whenever uh, Jake was born, it was me sitting around, you know, playing with him, holding him. It wasn't me working out and rowing all my meters that I normally do. Um, so that's already been an issue. And now, just putting me at home is, I, I think, also a, an issue. And it's tough to stay active for everybody. And you know, for professional athlete for their job, basically, their job is to work at home right now. Um, and some of their uh, some of their work they can't do from home. Kevin, that's that's the big problem with this. Um, I still think, uh, I, I you know, it was it's funny. Because you sort of said, uh, you know, if it started right now, they'd still sort of they, maybe the fitness would still be there. And, and you have to remember that even if you're um, any team in Major League Soccer going through the first two, three, four, five games, you're still building that match fitness that entire time. So any match match fitness they had built in is already gone. Um, but in terms of, you know, the actual physical fitness of them being in shape, that can still stick around for a little bit. Uh, but the the ball play, um, trying to, you know, just just uh, understand movement 
movements and, and all the stuff that you normally get uh, from playing soccer. And, you know, even in training, these guys are running miles every day. Um, it, it's going to be tough to, re- to reproduce, replicate, and this is going to be the big deal. I, you know, I think that if you're looking at what the season might end up being, say if it was a shortened season or whatever it is, it's going to be the team that can sort of use this as a catalyst to make changes and understand that, you know, working harder than everybody else in the short term, uh, even right now, may pay off huge dividends uh, down the road. It may also favor teams that didn't have a bunch of missing pieces and didn't go out and revamp their rosters. It may fit, you know, the guys returning and having people return year over year, that may be a huge advantage in a shortened sort of season like this. Um, if it ends up being shortened. And again, I think I'm being, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into the future a little bit with that, Kevin, but I don't feel like I'm going to be wrong whenever this all comes out. Well, um, another couple things that to think about if players come back and they're not totally match fit, They'll, they'll get caught up. And, and so you're looking at perhaps two, three, four matches, if that many. Um, now, you don't want to lose any matches, but I'm just saying I think you can catch up on that. I think there may be a couple other variables to look at, though. Um, I had the opportunity that, you know, the team that Chicharito played for, Sevilla, they reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to know what's going on in Spain with what La Liga teams are doing? And I said, yeah, you know, that might be a lesson for us. So I talked to Mochi, who's our sporting director, and he was a player. He played, he was goalie for Sevilla for 10 years. And he said, you know what the big thing missing that these players can't get? They can do the fitness. They can do the, the dietary stuff at home. It's the locker room. It's the camaraderie. And he, he told me, he said, when I played, that was my favorite part of the sport is being around the guys in the locker room. I hadn't really thought about that. But then talking to a couple of players, Sasha being one of them, he mentioned the same thing, that um, miss being around the guys. And so what all the teams have done, from what I've been able to find out, is they've set up a chat group. Some of them they already had through WhatsApp and other things. And they're talking every day and they're 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 sharing some of that locker room banter. But you know, the interesting thing is where this could lead is, uh, you know, for example, let's just say, uh, uh, I, I don't know, Nick Dupuy wasn't really close to Daniel Starris for whatever reason. Maybe they just they didn't share time. Now they're chatting with each other every day and maybe they build a relationship. I, I could definitely see some guys who didn't really, you know, spend a lot of time together coming out of this thing with new relationships. I, I think some teams are really going to bond because of this. Um, maybe they're neighbors. Maybe they spend time together. Maybe they help each other out. Maybe someone takes some toilet paper over to somebody else's house. Anything, any kind of little thing that you that you want to point out that could build some relationship and build some camaraderie. The teams that do that through this, I think they're going to be way better. And I think that's more important than whether you can get fit in one or two matches. If you build the, some of these relationships, that could really go a long way to making some teams much better on the field than they than they would be on paper. You know, you mentioned toilet paper. Today, uh, I ordered a box of vegetables, right? This giant box of vegetables because it came with two rolls of toilet paper. And I'm like, I guess I guess the vegetables will be worth the toilet paper, right? I mean, that sort of things. I mean, I, I, usually I'm a person who's like, oh, I, you know, I don't eat my vegetables. But I said, you know, for the toilet paper, I would. I'll, I'll eat my vegetables. So uh, well, that, you know, that, that are, happened today. There are, there are other things you can do. You can use, you know, napkins. You can use, um, uh, you know, paper towels. No. You can use... You can use the newspaper, but please do not use to do, do not use the soccer articles. Okay, use the calendar section. I was wondering where you were taking that. I was like, let's let's sort of see where this this plays out. That was good. See, um, wasn't that underrated and effortlessly funny? Effortlessly, for sure. As I could hear the gears turning in your head as you were trying to get it out. Yes, absolutely. No, that's actually the chair squeaking. I'm sure it is. Uh, all 
right. So you did get to talk. Anything else from your Sasha sort of talk that you that you sort of pulled away from that? I, I did read, um, you know, the article that you sort of that, that you did on that. I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, it's it's my goal here on the show to talk to some of these guys and we can, you know, ask them, you know, how they're doing. I think it's going to be fun to know that one we will get to ask them sort of some basic questions in terms of, you know, hey, how are you handling all this? And, you know, what do you see the first? But it really we're going to have to talk more about personality, which has always been more fun anyway, and sort of, you know, okay, so, you know, what what video games do you play? Like, that type of thing. You're going to have to dig more into that as we get further and further away from games being played, because games have not been played now. It feels like for, you know, three months. Um, it's been, what, two weeks, I think? Um, and so it's... Uh, it's it's one of those things that we're going to have to focus on some of these other things besides the soccer part of it, which is kind of, I don't know, if you're looking for a silver lining in there of, of talking to players and sort of doing it, it won't be the same old questions because the same old questions don't apply right now. Well, a couple of things that came from not just talking to, uh, to Sasha, but other players is the fact that right now, as you mentioned, it's still early. These guys are still doing their workouts every day. But there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, uh, we can all think uh, – players think about the start of the season or the next game. Those of us who might be recreational athletes, you know, you with your rowing, you have uh, sort of metrics that you chase. If you're a runner, maybe you're training for the next marathon. The point is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. These guys are training every day, and they have no idea where this is leading. If, now, if they get back into training as a team, that will help a lot. But if they have to continue this – individual stuff in their garage for much longer players told me that it's it's really tough you know to go out there and do that and i think you could see some players you know really working hard uh vigorously and 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 doing it every day and after a while the workouts are going to become less and less um intense just because of boredom and everything else so i think that's one thing to watch sasha did say that when the the teams get back together again, whether it's next week or next month, that the first few days back are going to be intense because people are just going to be so happy to be back and so happy to see each other. So that, that you know, that's a that's a really good thing, and and um, that'll be something to uh, something interesting to watch for too. One other thing that doesn't really reflect this, but but I didn't know this. Maybe maybe you did. Did you know that you know there's so many Southern California players in MLS and and USL Championship and other leagues. Sasha told me that during the off season they play seven v seven and eight v eight games in Orange County all the time, um, and he said, you know, they can't do that right now. That's one of the things missing from his off season training that he can't he can't replicate. I didn't know that they get together in a park and they'll have guys like he told me that that some of the regulars are Christian Roldan from Seattle, um, uh, Daniel Sturis, Dave Romney. Uh, he said that uh, Benny Philharbor came out, Christian Ramirez. These guys are all come out come out regularly. He said even Stu Holden shows up to play sometimes. <laughs> um, you could charge tickets for that thing, but you might just stumble across that uh, some you know week next winter at a park in Orange County. Some of the best players in the country just kind of getting together to play some soccer yeah i was gonna say it sort of harkens back i think it was the old what old orange county blue stars where jurgen klinsman used to uh, occasionally play under a pseudonym um so yeah it's uh it, it's it's one of those things I, th- I think it was funny you were just talking about uh workouts sort of losing their intensity as you go through this and i was thinking i'm like yeah because val Lacantos isn't yelling at you one of the reasons i go to a gym and have people like there is so somebody will yell at me to work hard because if i'm left up to my own devices i'm like okay i can push really hard for one more minute or 
or I could just stop now. And pretty sure pretty soon it's okay. Well, I could just, you know, not work very hard for the last three minutes. The, the self-discipline that some people have is there and it's great. And that's what keeps them motivated and they're able to do this. And the self-discipline that I have, Kevin, uh, I need either people kicking me, which is what soccer was always about. I got to kick people. They got to kick me. I always enjoyed that. Um, or I need somebody yelling at me in order to make me sort of do things sometimes. Um, and that's what you're missing. You're missing Valdecanto sitting there yelling and screaming at you and telling you that you're not doing a good job. And if you ever want to play soccer again, you will do a better job. Um, it's it's those well, motivational things. I, I th- yeah, it, you're right. It's the motivation. But some of these guys will motivate themselves by saying, hey, next week we play the New York Red Bulls or... Um, next week, you know, um, I, as a defender, I'm going to have to mark Jordan Morris or whatever it is. That's not there right now. I mean, these players are, when they're trying to get, you know, get that one extra rep in, they're thinking, I may not play a game this month. Why do I need to do this extra rep? And then that leads to another missed rep. And it just, it snowballs. And once, once you start that, it's really hard to pull out of it. Yeah, it, it makes a bunch of sense. Um, so uh, anyway, so we, we've sort of gotten that. Again, it was a good article. I implore you to go read it, latimes.com, uh, talking about Sasha Klesch and sort of how he's doing out there. Um, Kevin does a great job on that one. Uh, but, you know, we have more pressing uh, needs, Kevin. Before the league went on hiatus, uh, you and I and everybody else in, in Galaxy fandom um, had been talking about Chicharito not getting the service he needed. And I hate to break it to everybody, but that service... The service he's not getting has continued into this break. Uh, Chicharito today, uh, in one of the lighter things that has happened here in the recent week, tweeted out, and I quote, My Amazon account has been blocked now for a week during this crisis. This is the third time my account has been blocked. No one seems to be able to help over the phone, and the service I have been receiving is not helpful. And he tagged Amazon in that. So uh, Chicharito uh, taking his fight uh, for service all the way to Amazon. Uh, I do have to tip my cap cap to one particularly uh, smart Twitter follower, um, El Americano. He says, damn, even over the phone, Chicharito can't get service which well, is cool. alexander katai is getting that service i think <laughs> i was gonna say he was he's the one who's blocking chicharito service yeah, uh, yeah. right yeah yep. yeah that very well could be it um you but, should check katai may have his amazon account i mean it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> you know what I, I like it if you go down and read in some of the twitter comments people are like hey cheech you can have my uh my my access you know if you need to get onto amazon you know to watch uh the marvelous mrs mazel um, I, I don't know. Are you watching that, Kevin? You're a comedy person. I would expect that you would be watching that. I've been watching some stand-up on Netflix. Yes. I saw Tom Popper the other day. That was great. And then Anthony Jeselnik. I think uh, Kathleen Madigan is up next. Oh, wow. You, you're you right in there. Burt Kreischer came out with his new ones as well, new one as well. So he had one uh, last year, and he has another one this year, which is always fun and entertaining. Um, I try to watch a bunch of those as well. So uh, that's that's always been good. Did you see the one with um, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll where they did, were on Broadway? I, I did. I heard it um, on a Sirius XM. I didn't you actually need, see you it. You need to watch the whole thing. It's it's actually pretty entertaining. So, but um, I actually have not to be a name dropper, but I am. Um, I actually reached out. I have the uh, email and and phone number of Gary Goldman, who's my all time favorite comedian, and he just started up a tour again after a couple of years. And the tour, it just started, and it's been interrupted, obviously, by the coronavirus. I reached out to him and asked if he was going to do any, you know. Uh, uh, performances online and he he's he said he may do some sort of call-in stuff but uh so he's sidelined too just like mls 
Yeah, every, another, every, another victim. Yeah, everybody uh, uh, is uh, and has been. So, um, yeah, it's. I, I guess it's good that we have all these. That was one of the things, actually, not to get completely sidelined and sidetracked, but last night, uh, my wife and I were sitting watching Netflix, and I was sitting there going, you know, nobody's producing any new shows right now. Everything's shut down. So not only is there a gap in sports that we're feeling right now, but eventually... There's going to be a gap in programming, Kevin. There's going to be a gap on Netflix and Amazon and all the streaming services because they're all supposed to be in production right now, and they're not. Um, so that's another thing that's going to get hit uh, down the line. So maybe in a year, we're not going to have any new shows coming out on Netflix. And then why is there? Why should we even live anymore? Well, the, a couple of interesting things in the midst of, of all this, and, and you know, the sports part is fun and i guess maybe this is where i'm going with this is let's not lose fact of why there are no games and people are dying uh, from this disease and it, it doesn't appear to be a way to stop it at this moment but both chris klein um the galaxy president and then john thorrington who's the general manager at lafc both made the same point to me in very interesting ways that look they, they both said look this is sports it's, it, in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter it's a game and it's called a game for a reason but they both said there is a tragedy going on in the world, and when there is a tragedy, we almost always, mean, meaning we as society, almost always look to sports as a something to argue over that's meaningless. You know, it, it doesn't really matter which team is better than the other team in the grand scheme of things. It's not like politics or life and death issues. This is something we can argue over. We can feel we can support, we can follow, we can, uh, you know, invest our passions in. It's an escape, uh, you know, uh, from some of the more worldly issues. And now that's not there. And I right. think that's why people are feeling sports even more than the movies or concerts or, you know, I had Hamilton tickets. Can't go to see Hamilton now. Um, I'm going to miss that. But it's not the same as sports because I'm not invested in Hamilton the way I am in, say, the Galaxy or Manchester City or whatever. It's a whole different kind of investment. And when sports is really needed, like right now, it's not there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not. Um, I think somebody was was saying you're, you're absolutely right in the whole scheme of things. Nothing, none of this really, you know, matters. Even us talking about all this stuff, all the podcasts we've done, seven hundred and thirty something shows. Uh, none of it really matters in the whole scheme of things. Uh, but somebody also put out on Twitter and said, you know, it's okay to feel disappointed that you can't go to a Galaxy game, or it's okay to feel disappointed that you can't go to Hamilton. We all understand that those are all things that you were looking forward to, and we don't have that right now. Um, and so that's that's good. But but speaking also of things, you know things that we argue about uh, for no reason um, and that have no real basis in reality. I also want to put out that we do have uh, right now going on, uh, we're choosing the best LA Galaxy team of all all time. The brackets are up uh, on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Eric is running this. He has the second half of the bracket ready to rock and roll. So if you've already voted, voted on the first half, you get to vote on the second half. Um, you know, I still, and I sh I'm going to continue to lobby for this. Uh, everybody's going to talk about that 2011 team and I think it's certainly in the championship it should be near the final it's probably the correct answer if you really but the 2010 team was just as good I think as that 2011 team they just didn't win an MLS Cup and is that important and they lost some penalty kicks I mean that's a roll of the dice I mean well, you well, can't 2009, that... 2009 was penalty kicks 2010 they got oh, blown oh, out sorry, by Dallas right. at home in the playoffs you're right, right. You're right. The, the 2009 team was very good I think losing on penalty kicks yeah, yeah. It, 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 that, it's a flip of the coin. What 2010 was supposed to be the redemption year it was supposed to be okay. You got all the way there, and now what do they do in 2010? They go out and win a supporter shield. 
Uh, and then they go into the playoffs. And I think it was the second round of the playoffs. Dallas comes in and just obliterated them. Um, and it was like, what just happened? Because up until that point, the LA Galaxy were cruising and were a very good team. Then 2011 happens, 2012 happens, 2014 happens. So all of these things happen for a reason. But um, it, again, we're voting on that right now. You have a, you think you know. You want to say there's recency bias? I see people saying it all the time. People are just going to vote for the most recent teams because they don't know about the teams back in 98 and 2002. And it's like, yeah, but... But if you go back and watch those 2002 games, uh, tell me that they were moving at the same speed the 2014 teams were moving at, well, or the 2012 the whole, teams. The same thing you get with other sports. Yeah, Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs, but he never had to see a slider out of a guy <laughs> throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, you know, the Ziggy teams were pretty good. Right. Um, at, at least one of those teams was excellent. The, the Bruce Arena era, that was a dynasty. I mean, all those teams were good. It's almost hard. As you just named, you know, t- 2009, 2010, 11, 12, 14. It's almost hard to pick which team was better. It was so, you know, the, the roster was so consistent. Those teams were so good. I don't know. I lean a lot toward the 2017 team. I think that was <laughs> might be the best team ever. So, somebody, uh, Larry Morgan on Twitter suggested that we do a worst Galaxy team of all time. And I said, well, between 2007 and 2017, does it really need to have an argument about those? Can't they just both hold that title? Um, the 2017 team was really bad. Um, so that's something uh, to watch. Again, LA, or cornerofthegalaxy.com, not lagalaxy.com. You can go there too. I don't, I don't mind. You're just not going to find our bracket there corner of the galaxy.com where you can find the bracket um one of the things that the la galaxy are doing um which was highly i think requested by a bunch of people um the la galaxy are indeed going to do something they're calling mls cup mondays that's where they show a classic replay of the mls cup starting with 2002 05 11 12 and 14 starting at 12 p.m on lagalaxy.com you will be able to and by the way Anybody who's outside of the normal Southern California broadcast area, you're not going to be able to watch these. Again, this is this is MLS having some fun uh, with this. I imagine that the LA Galaxy actually had to get permission to show these in that area um, just to even do it. But you're going to, to see the 02 win over the New England Revolution, the 05 win over the New England Revolution. Uh, the you know what's funny, Kevin, and I never realized it. they beat the Revolution. They beat, but not only that, but the LA Galaxy have only beaten two teams. In their MLS Cup Finals. That's it. Two teams. New Revolution, England Revolution the and the Houston Dynamo. That is it. Then they that's beat. amazing. I didn't realize that either. And it's something that's always been there. And I knew it, but I never put it together until you see it listed. Um, yeah, so the LA Galaxy undefeated in MLS Cups where I guess they play the New England Revolution and the Houston Dynamo. Although I'd have to go all the way back and to really check that out. Um, but anyway, that's what you have uh, and that's going to start. So that's you can look forward to. Now, Kevin, I heard you're not a fan of this. You're you're like why watch a game I know the result of? What the, you mean the replays? Yes, yeah, the replays. Yeah, I. Yeah, why watch a game you know the result of? I watch um, old movies and I watch The Office over and over again, and and I know what's going to happen. But I, I don't know. Just in sports, sitting there and and if you can say, hey, wait, in about three minutes, you wait to see what's going to happen. Uh, you know the. What I like about sports is the surprise. Um, and when the surprise is gone, it's just not as much fun. I can understand why people would want to do it to kill some time um, and to relive some great moments. But, you know, in a soccer game, maybe there's maybe five or six, like, really intense minutes of action in the 90 that, that you really want to see. And so the rest of the time, you're just kind of waiting for those to show up. Well, I, I can say this. There's a bunch of different reasons I think people are excited about this. One is that uh, I don't think I've ever seen the full 2002 or 2005 um, games. 
that that the LA Galaxy played. I, I wasn't there to watch them, um, so I can't say that I was there and I, and I saw it, which is w- another reason why people might be excited was I was there. I want to watch it. I want to feel the way I felt that day. Totally makes sense to me. Um, but I didn't get to watch those. Seeing a full match um, of those two games will be interesting to watch. Uh, and then for the other ones, it is that I was there. I covered them. I remember things, uh, you know, 2011, 2012, 2014, whenever you go back and look at those games, I remember each of those days. I remember covering those games and I remember what that's going to be like. And so I'm looking forward to watching those. Uh, so that way I can sort of be reminded of what that date was like. Um, and how it was sort of led up to it. And quite honestly, for LA Galaxy fans, you should be excited because you know the result of all these, and it all ends up with the LA Galaxy hoisting an MLS Cup. So, yes, there's the lack of drama, Kevin, but the outcome is for certain. And I think sometimes with sports fans, if you say, hey, if I told you right now you're going to win an MLS Cup, would you be okay with not with skipping forward to all that stuff? And the answer would be yes, I'd be fine with that. So, so they're, yeah, they're not going to games from 2017. But to, to people who watch those is... When you were first, and maybe even the second time, if you watch the replay, you were concentrating on where the ball was, and maybe you know, even if you know, hey, Robbie Keane's going to score, or is this going to be a great pass from Landon Donovan. If you know that already, and you've seen it already, spend some of your time watching some of the other players on the field uh, away from the ball. You know, best you can see some of the things that you didn't notice before. That's to, that to me is fun when you do that because you you will see some things that surprise you. You will see some things that you didn't see before. And, and when I do that, I get an appreciation, new appreciation. You may know, hey, Robbie Rogers was a pretty good outside back. Well, sometimes when you're not watching Robbie Keane and you look back and see what Robbie Rogers is doing, you'll appreciate him even more. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely look for the missing details uh, in, in a lot of that stuff. So that's uh, something to do. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, Kevin, uh, you want to answer some questions from some listeners? I know some people had some questions. I want to at least try to get to them. Is that uh, a question? Yeah, no, it's not. I was a statement. Okay. I was just it was it was a bad segue. I'll work I'll work on it. Um, you know, being locked up talking to a almost four month old is not helping my podcasting. Um, <laughs> it's much better than talking to me. Probably has a bigger <laughs> vocabulary too. And sometimes, yeah, he's he's happier than you. That's for sure. Just like me, drools on himself a lot. Yes, absolutely, uh, absolutely. All right, uh, let's see. Let's go to the first one from let's see, Nella Wolf three two three. I'm sure I screw these up all the time, and they're like, you're an idiot guessman and that's probably correct um he asked will the league being postponed affect the loan deal with christian pavone in other words will the galaxy sign pavone even if he's not playing now of course this comes around to christian pavone and what seems to be a july 1st deadline or a june 30th deadline for the la galaxy to make a decision on whether or not they're going to sign christian pavone or whether or not uh you know boca can shop him and then there's a whole bunch of other things that sort of come down so kevin uh uh, do you think that this stoppage at all, the league not playing, if if, the, if they're not back by playing by June 30th or July 1st, which I would hope that we, that would be the case. Don't know that that is the case, but we're hoping that that's the case. Um, do you think this will affect that? I don't think so. I, I don't see how it can because those contracts are written in such a way that it's not based on games played or even the start of the end of a season. I mean, July 1st is the date that's right in the middle of the Galaxy season, but like for the European leagues are in their preseason. So, that date was put in there, uh, you know, with a purpose. Obviously, that's when a lot of the European teams are going to be looking for players, and Pavone would be some guy they would shot. You know, the teams would be interested in. Where it might work to the Galaxy's advantage is if they had been playing in in July, they would be 21 games into their season by July 1st. It's presumably, Pavone would be having a fantastic season and be 
be putting up some really impressive stats and teams would be really interested in him. Um, I don't know that a lot of the teams have seen much of him and they're certainly not seeing much of him now. So that could work to the galaxy's advantage in that teams are just not as familiar. They can't even come w- watch him work out right now. So that could be the galaxy's advantage, whether the, the, the deal is postponed. I, I don't see that happening because it's, it's, based on a date, not a number of games or the, the, the duration of a season. Yeah, I think the other part about this is, you know, this is if the numbers that we're hearing are, are anywhere close to true, and let's say anywhere between 10 and $20 million uh, that end up going for Christian Pavone, uh, does AEG have that money? Uh, AEG, as we've spoken about a bunch on the previous podcast, it, you know, owns large concert venues. Uh, they own, you know, they they have a stake in the LA Kings, they, um, you know, Staples Center, uh, the LA Gallery. Galaxy uh, stuff all over the world in terms of concert venues and sporting events and everything like that. That's where AEG makes its money. And what's not happening at all right now? All of those things. Um, so AEG, a giant corporation worth billions of dollars, but at the same time, uh, probably hemorrhaging a fair bit of cash right now in order to keep everybody employed and everybody uh, sort of where they're at. So will the LA Galaxy then have money coming from AEG to even purchase Christian Pavone right now? Well, first of all, the $20 million figure, which was floated, when I mentioned that to Dennis, to close, he laughed so hard, milk came out of his nose. Yeah, I know. So it's not $20 million, it's It's much closer to $10 million. It may even be a little bit under that. But Chicharito costs $9.6 million in transfer fee, $10 million, uh, and he's costing $6 million this season in salary. So they, the point is they just paid a $10 million transfer fee. That's a club record. Um, I, I just don't see them having that. And when you look at the way that they've kind of uh, over time – they have kind of spaced out their huge transfer fees when you look at, they, you know, um, well, I guess Beckham really didn't count. But when you look at Gio and then Chicharito and uh, uh, those, are, they haven't come in back-to-back years, much less in the same season. I, I just don't see the Galaxy having $20 million in transfer fees just a couple months apart. Yeah, it's going to be, again, and, and here's the thing is that if you were the LA Galaxy and you were hoping to get this huge benefit from Christian Pavone in the first half of the season, Kevin, um, you're not you're not getting that benefit because he's not playing. So, you know, is there, you know, what can you, what deal can you make with Boca? Do they go back to the uh, negotiating table? I think it's all interesting stuff to sort of watch because I'll tell you something that's not going to change and, and which is kind of crazy to think. Um, but things that aren't going to change are that the transfer window is not going to change. Um, all these transfer windows, whether it's FIFA transfer window, you know, for teams in Europe or whether that's the MLS transfer window, those are not changing. Those are going to stay exactly where they're at. Um, so the May 5th transfer deadline that we're going to see is going to come and it's going to go. And whether or not the team is, whether or not the league is playing, which they say they're not even going to play until May 10th, it it won't matter. They're not going to extend that transfer window. As far as I'm concerned, those are, those are sort of set in stone. Um, which means that whenever they come back, uh, you know, there's going to be less, um, you know, less time to sort of use these players or figure out what you need as a team before you get into that summer transfer window. And then that summer transfer window very well could be when you're playing all of your games. So uh, a lot of times we look at that summer transfer window, Kevin, as being the time when teams change the way that they're going and add that missing piece. Um, it's going to be early enough, probably into the season by the time we get into that, that summer transfer window that you may not know what pieces you need and or you're going to get somebody who you bring on and is going to have a greater effect on the season than maybe it ever has before in MLS. Well, here's another thing that's going to happen. But before before that, um, if the teams aren't if the teams are getting ready to to play again, I think smart 
um, club executives are going to push MLS and push U.S. soccer for a little bit of an idea. Look, what are we looking at? Are we going to have U.S. Open Cup? Are we going to have Nations League or Nations Cup? Uh, are we going to have the League's Cup, you know, with uh, Liga MX? In, in other words, what kind of strain are our players going to have? We know the World Cup qualifying is going to be in the fall as well. So people like Sebastian Legette and maybe uh, Julian Araujo have to worry about that. Um the, the, the GMs and things are, are going to want to know that because that is going to affect what they do in the transfer window. If you think that you have a very deep team and you know you're going to play all those games, then that's a plus for you. You feel pretty good going in there. If if your team's a little older and maybe not that deep and they say, yeah, we are going to have U.S. Open Cup. We are going to have all these tournaments. We're going to play three games a week. We're going to play a 34-game schedule between now and November. Then you all of a sudden go out and you need some help. So I think smart executives are going to ask the league to give them an idea of where we're going, how many games are we going to play, and then they're going to act accordingly. If they don't have that information and they have to wait until the summer transfer window, the season could be gone by then. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the season. Bucket of Chili, yes, Bucket of Chili on Twitter, says, what will the season look like when it resumes and will it permanently affect the MLS schedule? I know where this question comes from, and it's certainly about MLS shifting a schedule to a quote-unquote FIFA schedule or a European schedule um, that sees them start the league in August or so and then you know finish it up um, before basically June, May, June, somewhere in there, um, as we've seen in, in a lot of the leagues around the world. Um, now, there's a bunch of different ways that teams accomplish that if you're in mexico you know you sort of have two seasons um you know there's the fall season and the winter season um and so you have those two things that sort of play against each other um you know in, in liga mx you know whether mls could do something and take a long break in the winter like they do in some of the other european countries as well take a long break in the winter um so that way you can sort of avoid all the harsh weather that the united states has in some of its northern areas or do you keep playing and schedule games in the southern part of the uh, of the United States whenever this is going on all of that being said is this the time when MLS sort of redefines what their schedule is I don't think so Kevin I I, th- I know you and I talked about this a little bit before we started but I'm not of that belief no and, and there's a number of reasons why first of all um, the networks and, and Broadcast rights fees, don't fool yourself. That's a big part of any league's uh, income. And MLS is going to try to push for an even larger deal when the current one runs out after the 2021 season. So they're already looking ahead to that. Um, the networks love to have MLS summer programming. There's not a lot going on in summer. No one's going to watch 162 baseball games. There's no NFL. There's no NHL. There's no NBA. That's perfect for for MLS. If M- When MLS was originally started 25 years ago, one of the problems was all of the teams, the first 10 teams, all played in college or professional football stadiums. So scheduling was a problem. So by going to the su- to a summer schedule, they were able to schedule dates much more freely than when they had to compete uh, with football teams. The other part of it was they wanted to avoid, avoid the inclement weather, the tough winter weather. That's not a problem in Europe. Um, you know, uh, People will go out to games and people play games in that weather. It's a little bit different here. Now, the trade-off was summers in Houston and Dallas – um, can be really tough, but but that was the trade-off that they made. But the biggest uh, issue is they don't want to go head-to-head against college football and the NFL on TV. Now, we, we know they do that um, in the fall, but the NFL season's just getting started. The college football season's just getting started. By the time MLS Cup is played, the NFL is not even about maybe, what, maybe halfway into the season, and the college football players haven't even started yet. If you were to push this to more of a winter calendar – you'd get to about game 16 or 17 of the MLS season and you'd be running right into the BCS college football playoffs. You'd be running right into the MLS or the NFL playoffs 
all of a sudden, no one's going to be watching MLS. So forget the scheduling issues. You have the TV issues and the interest issues. Uh, playing most of the MLS season in the summer and 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 spring is much better. Yes, it 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 doesn't mesh with the European schedule. We have problems with international dates. Those are all huge problems. But and you can say, well, the European leagues do it. Why can't we do it? Well. You know, if you're talking about the EPL, they go up against darts. They don't go up against the NFL. <laughs> you talk about France, they don't even go up against darts. You know, I, I don't know what they have in cooking competitions or something. But uh, it's not the same. There is not – soccer is the dominant sport. They're the NFL of Europe. They get to the, throw their weight around and decide when other leagues will play. Here, NFL is still king. It will remain that way for a while. And until that changes, MLS is going to have to be counter-programming in the summer. Yeah, and and just to add on to that, uh, some of the stuff that the the big advances that MLS has had over the years, um, over the recent years, is that they've gotten all these international rights deals for television. And one of the reasons they're able to get these large and sort of all-encompassing, you know, TV rights deals um, around the world is that there's no soccer going on because those leagues, a lot of those leagues, are done for the year. And so the summer programming is, hey, yes, you know, in England, Sky Sports can show MLS games because. They're there's no soccer on right now whenever uh, everybody else is in their off season. So, um, you know, that still is a, a big advantage. Does it eventually change? I don't know. Uh, do, does MLS eventually have a captive audience enough to have the big TV deals and go up against somebody like NFL or, or um, you know, college football? Right now, I'd say no. Um, I'm sort of with you, Kevin. Eventually, can that change? Maybe, but trust me, the, the MLS executives are going to know when that is um, because right now, um, what they're able to do is take advantage of the lack of programming that they have during the summer, and that's one of the major reasons that they can get some of these uh, TV deals that they're getting. So uh, I think it's a great question. I don't think this is a precursor to any sort of MLS schedule change. I think you're going to have a really condensed slash shortened season this year, um, and that's going to change things, and how that goes about next year is something uh, that everybody will sort of have to watch, but I would expect that they will try to play a perfectly normal season uh, next year in 2021 um, as the 25th season is the one that gets shortened by this uh, pandemic. So uh, always... Yeah, a couple of things. You talked about the Excuse me, you talk about the international rights fees. This year, MLS will be shown in 190 countries and territories around the world. That's a record. So that's exactly what you're talking about. They're not going to sign to have, uh, you know, the countries aren't going to want to put those games on TV and in in February, if they're going up against the EPL, it's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, that that's that's definitely a big part of it. Um, and also when you talk about going ahead, yes, this would be the season that, that would be shortened. Why? Because 2021 and especially 2022 with the World Cup, the Winter World Cup in Qatar, the, that, the MLS schedule is going to be the best schedule in the world. They're going to end, end before the World Cup starts. Right. And presumably the U.S. will have qualified. It will have a, a large MLS contingent on the national team. And they'll be uh, at the end of their season, presumably fitter than a lot of the teams that have played just part of a season in Europe. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, now uh, with the Euros also being pressed back to, I think, next year, right? 2021. Uh, it looks like the Correct. Olympics are going to be pressed back to 2021 as well. So uh, 2021 is going to be a busy year uh, of sports. So, uh, again, you know, it's sort of as you look at some of these things and if you're trying to sort of predict how there's going to be this backlog of sports that needs to get played out over the next 12 months or, or something like that. Um, and that's going to really decide a lot of this stuff. Um, and you're going to get to see that all the sports that you're missing right now is you get to see the rest of it. Um, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. 
Uh, I think MLS is in a spot where it'll come back. I know people are worried about teams not being able to make payroll and all those other things. I I just don't feel like MLS is in that dire of a straits. I feel like there's going to be a season. They're going to get some money. This is going to hurt. But overall, in the large scheme of things, everybody's going to keep, you know, trudging on. Well, you talk about the – so you think it'll be a shortened season. So I wonder what that does to the records. For example, what if, uh, um, you know – Zlatan has the team record, the franchise record, 30 goals last season. What if Ethan Zubak is at like 28 goals and they only play you know, 27 games? Does he actually get the record then? Yeah, it's, it's you know, it'll be the, one of those asterisk years, right? Wasn't Aren't there some strike-shortened years in, uh, yeah. in Major League Baseball, right, that you can sort of say, hey, uh, you know, strike-shortened year, so this was the record, but hey, it's, you know, is it? Is it really the record? So, uh, all interesting stuff. Uh, one of the questions that was asked by at Too Far 5, um, says, will players get their full salaries if the season gets canceled? Oh, great question. No idea. Um, I asked today whether or not players were still getting paid, and I was told that um, it seems that everybody is so far still getting paid, um, which I thought was interesting. But you, you have to imagine, if you had any playing bonuses that were part of your, your contract, you're not getting those right now. Um, yeah, Chicharito has a lot of bonuses. Yeah, yeah. And so he's not getting those. And so do those get adjusted? Do they get prorated if it gets shortened? Oh, so much fun to talk about. Eventually, we'll get all back to that and we'll find out all the details and we'll break get to break down all this stuff. Uh, but for now, we're just glad that we could talk maybe just a little bit of soccer. Um, and, you know, it's kind of fun to do that on, on occasion and take your mind off of things. So can I answer that last one? Yeah. What do you have on the salary one? I don't know the, the answer for sure, but I haven't heard anyone whining about it. So I've got to believe the players are getting paid. Remember, they just signed a new CBA. It's only a couple of weeks old, a couple of or a month or so old. I can't imagine any union leader anywhere in the world for any circumstances saying you can reduce our pay if games aren't played because there's just too many reasons. You know, there could be a state, a stadium can't be available for a number of different reasons. And therefore a game is not played. There could be a pandemic, which is happening. There could be a number of different reasons why a game wouldn't be played. So why would you tell your players, Hey, look, um, if things don't go perfect, you're not going to get your paycheck. I just, I, I can't, in a, you know, it, MLS has surprised everybody before, but I can't in a million years imagine that, that allow any way that players wouldn't get paid. You're right. There are a lot of performance clauses out there. There are guys that are going to be up for raises that aren't going to get them. Those things will be affected, those kind of clauses. But as far as the base pay, that's got to get paid. I, I just, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I can't in my wildest imagination imagine that that wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, even the XFL who canceled the rest of their season said they were going to pay everybody through basically like all the games that they played. Um, so, uh, and including the games that they didn't get to play. So you'd have to imagine that that would be there. All right. Uh, anything else, Kevin, you want to talk about before we get out of here? Oh, there's a lot of things, but I'll just let everybody go. You, you'll let everybody go. All right. We've suffered enough already. That's right. That's right. That's it is. Uh, they're stuck. Everybody be safe out there. Wash your damn hands yep that's social right. distancing social distancing wash your hands be careful of your pelvis that's what we always say watch your pelvis by the, by the way did you see inner miami changed their logo um they have two flamingos that are facing one another and uh, in respect of social distance the two flamingos have now been turned away and they face away from each other now there you go so uh so flamingo social distancing as well that's good that's glad that everybody's getting on board that all right uh if you're looking for mr kevin baxter on twitter it's at kbaxter11 head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of kevin's wonderful articles covering soccer in southern california and you know he doesn't have much else to do right now so he's coming up with some good ideas for all those articles as uh, as the la times attempts to fill the sports section right kevin all right, if you're looking for uh, me... Oh, it's getting to be difficult. That's why you see a lot of soccer articles. That's right. That's, what, that's what's going on. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter. Cornerofthegalaxy.com, vote in our bracket. 
challenge that's up there right now so you can determine which is the best LA Galaxy team of all time. All right, that does it for us today here on Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. We hope everybody is having a safe week. Uh, Stay safe, wash those hands, take care of your pelvis, and uh, we will see you uh, next time here on Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.